Hello and welcome to the Trial Talk podcast. I am your host, Berta Tarre Torres, a former researcher and a science communications officer at the Emergency Clinical Trials Unit at UCL. In this show, we explore the clinical trial landscape by talking to the clinicians and researchers that are behind the work we do. If you're interested in learning how our research can help improve healthcare in the UK and around the world, this is the podcast for you. This is part two of our series on Octopus, a progressive multiple sclerosis or MS trial designed and run by the Emergency Clinical Trials Unit at UCL that has recently launched in the UK. If you haven't listened to part one yet, that episode will give you a bit more background about the MS landscape and the current challenges of treating progressive MS. In this episode, we explore the octopus trial in more depth with Professor Jeremy Chataway, who co-leads the Neurodegenerative Disease Program at the MRC CTU at UCL and is the chief investigator of the octopus trial. So I'm Jeremy Chataway. I'm a professor of neurology and a consultant neurologist at UCL and at the National Hospital for Neurology and Neurosurgery at Queen Square. So I, I'm interested in doing trials in multiple sclerosis and trying to kind of get there quicker. To this date, there is no effective treatment for people living with progressive MS. To tackle this unmet need, in 2018, the MS research community got together with a common objective to set up a clinical trial that would speed up the way we test treatments for progressive MS. Jeremy explains how the process of setting up Octopus was and how the trial team chose which treatments to include first. So this was the UK MS Society which funded and brokered and supported and did all of this um, very much, uh, this work as part of their Stop MS campaign. So about four or five years ago, maybe just before the COVID-19 pandemic, they put a call out, as it were, to all interested um, clinicians and scientists, methodologists, to say, well, looking around the world at this moment in time, what are our best bets for uh, treatments, compounds that could have an effect on these processes? Neuroprotection, remyelination, regeneration. And so a number of expert committees got together, a lot of people, national and international, surveyed the literature in a systematic way, used their own um, professional insight. And we ended up with 100 or so compounds that you know, had some animal or early human evidence that they could be useful. And then these were filtered down to a top 10 of compounds and medications that we hoped, we thought, could be uh, valuable in influencing these processes. Um, particularly, um, we looked at what are called repurposed drugs, so that's drugs that are used for other purposes. So an example in common life is aspirin. So aspirin is a very good painkiller, but actually we mainly use it um, in prevention of stroke and heart attack. It thins the blood a little bit. Also, there's a big trial where it's used for prevention of cancer. So repurposing a drug um, is quite a common um, policy. And in fact, if we look at many of the relapsing remitting drugs um, in multiple sclerosis, quite a few of them are repurposed from other areas, for example. So repurposing is done, done commonly in medicine and we do it in neurology. And so out of these top 10, we were able to pick initially 
uh, two active drugs are taken to the octopus. The octopus trial is the first of its kind. Thanks to its multi-arm, multi-stage design, an innovative design developed by the MRC-CTU at UCL, Octopus could transform the way we test treatments to slow down the progression of MS. When we evaluate a compound to be used in treatment, in humans particularly, also in animals but in humans, there are a number of different phases. So if you like, um, phase naught is the experimental animal work. Phase one is very early studies in a few people, either human, normal human volunteers or um, humans with the disease to make sure they're not some serious toxicity effect and to get the start to get the dosing right and then phase two is a larger number of people probably measured in 50s or hundreds to see if you can show an effect on an outcome that is close to what you're interested in say an MRI scan or a biofluid marker whereas phase three is the definitive trial does it have an effect on the disability so here in progressive multiple sclerosis, what we're trying to do at first base is to slow down the progression. Then we'd like to stop the progression. And of course, ultimately, we'd like to reverse the progression. But first base is to slow down. So, but doing these stages of trials takes many years and is very expensive. Expensive for clinical academics, very expensive for pharmaceutical companies. So all the time we're thinking, well, can we do this more efficiently? So in trials, generally what you do, the kind of hallmarks of it are randomizing by a computer, so there's no bias, into the active arm or the control arm. So either the control arm, there's no treatment, if there's no treatment, or it's current best treatment, and then the active arm is against that or added on to current best treatment. So everyone's on best standard of care, and there's a randomization. So the standard of care in progressive MS, some people are, are suitable for so-called anti-inflammatory treatment, disease-modifying treatment, particularly siponimod or ocrelizumab. Some are not, for different reasons. So everyone will be on the standard of care. What we're trying to do in octopus is two sides to it. One is to combine the mid-phase with the late stage. That's the so-called multi-stage. So if you see an effect on the MRI scan, you don't stop, you carry on you know, a year or two years later to see an effect on disability. So then you avoid what's called the white space between phase two and phase three, where two or three years goes by, difficult to keep the morale going and all the rest of it, and, the whole, and you've maybe you've disassembled the team. So you're trying to just seamlessly go into phase two, phase three. The other aspect is... As you can hear, patients are randomised to the control or to not just one active comparator, but to another comparator. So here we started off with patients are randomised to the control or drug A or drug B. And we'll talk about those drugs maybe in a moment. And then as we go through, we look at the interim outcome, which here is an effect on MRI. So here's can it slow down the change of the MRI, what's called the atrophy measure? And if one of the compounds does, that's fine, we carry on. But if it doesn't, it's dropped out. And then a new arm is added in. And maybe that new arm is added in, but even before that process. And so that's how you get the multi-arm nature of it. And 
we work very closely with Professor Max Palmer at the um, UCL MRC Clinical Trials Unit, who's pioneered this work in the last two decades in prostate cancer um, with the Stampede program. And he's changed practice at least six different times. And we're, we, it would be fabulous if we could start to approach that success um, in progressive multiple sclerosis. To begin with, the Octopus trial will be testing two different drugs. Yes, yeah, so as, as we said a few moments ago, we did this extensive process to look for the best picks that we could find. And two stood out. One was metformin which is used in the treatment of diabetes, for example. But you know, excellent work from the Cambridge University group showed that it could well be neuroprotective, regenerative, anti-aging, perhaps, um, in the animal models of multiple sclerosis. There's been some early human work. Second drug was um, an antioxidant called lipoic acid, which is used quite widely, for example, in Germany to treat peripheral nerve problems. But the group in Oregon um, in the States has done a lot of work on this in multiple sclerosis. And they did a trial where they showed that it could have an effect on reducing the brain change, the atrophy change, in about 50 people. And they're doing another trial looking at the walking um, aspect of it. And so we collaborate with this group, and they've been incredibly helpful to us. And that was the other pick that we thought we should take into the first run of the octopus trial. Because metforming and lipoic acid are repurposed drugs, they have already been used by many people in the world to treat other conditions. So we don't need to run safety studies on them, which helps speed up the process of testing them for progressive MS. If new drugs are discovered and have the potential to work, will the team use the same process to add them as a new experimental arm? Yes. So we have a, a, a subcommittee called the Treatment Advisory Group, um, where we, they're forward, for, forward scanning for new possibilities coming on the horizon for wherever they come from, um, pharma groups, biotech groups, academic groups. They're looking back at the listings that we did before. They revise all of this as evidence builds through these years so that when we say, well, how does the, the rankings look now? What's new? Then what, they have that up-to-date list. And then we can consider, as it were, the, the next arm to bring into the octopus program. So it remains a kind of continual process. And who can take part in octopus? What is the entry criteria for patients with progressive MS? We have the octopus website portal. So it's, it's, we've made it mandatory for all people who want to enter to go into that and register. It's a fairly simple website, so it's, it's open to everyone. And then the major criteria are um, the age at the moment, it's up to the age of 70. Um, we may extend that, but it's to 70. It's quite a wide range of disability. So people who can walk up to 500 metres on the one hand, or people who are in, using the wheelchair but have reasonably good arm function. So a whole range. So we've made it quite a liberal criteria no major other disease and no major contraindication or contraindication to the, the drugs that are going to be used. Contraindication means that um, someone has a particular medical condition that means that they can't be on that drug. So an example would be if someone has diabetes and is about to be put on metformin, then they can't 
enter the metformin arm. They can still enter the trial being randomised to the other drug and the control. So there's a bit of flexibility there. And how many people will take part in Octopus? So the calculations are for the first stage, it will be 375 patients, so 125 per arm. And then we run that along. And then ultimately, if a drug is taken into the second stage, then that arm will be will expand to 600 patients, of which we'll have 125 already. If new treatments are added in Octopus, these new arms will also have 125 participants in the first stage, and then will grow up to 600 if the drug makes it to the second stage. Once participants are accepted to take part in the trial, how long will they be follow-up for? We did a lot of work with patient groups. The PPI element was really strong in this and with the MS Society, and we continue to do this. And on our steering committees are people with progressive MS. It's a real important part of it. So patients with MS felt that they could be in trial for up to five years. So I think that's a good average length of, of time. Some people would do more, some people do less, but five years. Those who are taking part of the trial from the beginning, starting in stage one, will need to have four MRI scans over two years. One at the beginning, before the start of the trial, and then three more. One at six months, one at 18 months, and one at 24 months. But if patients are not able to have an MRI, can they still join the trial? So patients can enter stage one and go into stage two, or if they don't want to have an MRI, probably in about a year and a half we'll be entering stage two. So not being able to have an MRI is not doesn't mean they can never enter this trial. They just can't enter the first stage, but they can enter the second stage, which of course is, is absolutely fine. Octopus is based in the UK, with sites in different locations across the country. The way that we have it in the first stage, we have about 15 different sites around the UK. And so at the moment we have opened UCL, UCLH, and then we've just opened up Edinburgh, and then there'll be Southampton and Belfast and Coventry, so and so on and so forth. And the second stage, we bring in another 15 sites. So the first 15 are doing the MRI part, then they carry on. The second 15 don't have to do the MRI. So hope to cover you know, a wide range. And these are all experienced trial sites that, for example, have taken part into other um, trials, such as the MSTAT2 trial and other, other trials. Apart from these 30 sites in the UK, Octopus is also setting up a number of hubs around the country to make the recruitment process more accessible and inclusive for potential participants. Because recruitment is, is, is one of the mainstays of doing trials, so we have certain hubs we're setting up in regions around the country. So let's say uh, Southampton is a hub for the South, so then they'll they'll bring in patients from around the south to Southampton. And then that's great because then there'll be the local champion site. And um, that, that we know that that works very well, actually, to have a local regional site. Once Octopus is up and running, researchers will be looking at several measurements to find out if the new treatments show promising slowing down the progression of MS. In clinical trials, these are known as the primary outcomes. So in multiple sclerosis, there's a, a scale called the um, Kurtzky um, EDSS scale. It's, a, it's a, a, a scale of disability from naught up to 10 in sort of 0.5 or 1.0 
um, parts and going up the scale as a person who gets more disabled. So, for example, EDSS 4.0, they can just walk 500 metres. EDSS 6.0, requiring to the help of one stick. 6.5, two sticks. 7.0, starting to approach a wheelchair, and it, it moves from that. So that's one of the sort of fundamental scales of this sort of work. So we'll look for change in that. Also, we'll look at 25-foot walk, and also we'll look at what's called the nine-hole peg test, a test of upper limb function. And it's... um. Trials is a, is a time to event trial, so we can define, let's say, the twenty-five foot walk. If the score that we just with a um, a stop clock, we time how long it takes someone to walk twenty-five foot walk there and back, and take the average. Now, if it's twenty percent worse over time, let's say two years later, and then that's confirmed six months after that, then that's an event. So an event has taken place. It's a bit like if you look at other trials, if you look at, if you were considering a treatment for heart attacks, having a heart attack is an event. So does your treatment reduce the number of events compared to the standard of care? So here we're saying, well, does the treatment reduce the number of people whose walking gets worse by that amount? So that's on the ambulation side, similarly with the upper limbs and similarly with the EDSS scale. So that's the, that's the, disability measure in this trial. Octopus is a time to event trial, where an event is counted if the disability tests get worse over time. The hope is that these new treatments will reduce the number of events over a given time, when compared to the number of events in the control arm. The trial is also looking at some additional results or secondary outcomes. So a lot of secondary outcomes, so patient-reported outcomes from the patient point of view, so a number of scales that are used, um, what's called the MSI's 29 scale, the MS walking scale. We look at fatigue, which is part of multiple sclerosis. Uh, we look at pain, and we look at how a person feels it's impacting on their day-to-day -day life and what extra resources are required from the health economic side. So we, we look at it very much in the, in the round um, and, and those are the sort of instruments that we use. After five years of hard work planning and designing the trial, Octopus opened a few months ago, in April 2023. Although it's still early days, we asked Jeremy when we might expect the first set of results from Octopus. I suppose it depends on the level of recruitment, but you know, we started and we have about 20 patients in trial now, so that's going well. So, so far, so good. It depends, you know, as in the active period now is getting all the different trial sites going. You have to get through the various sort of bureaucracies, but we're making good progress. So when will it be? I don't know, in about three years or something like that. But in some senses, it's nice. So there's time for people to come into trial if they don't want to do the MRI part of the trial, they can do the non-MRI part of the trial, and that's going to be equally as valuable. So there is time for people with progressive multiple sclerosis as, as we, and this is part of, part of the world effort, if you like, part of it, to develop new treatments for the progression built on the very best science um, that's available. Octopus could set an example of how using a multi-arm, multi-stage approach could get treatments more quickly and efficiently than traditional trials. The same approach could be used to find new treatments for other neurodegenerative diseases.
So is there any ongoing work at the MRCCTU applying this approach to other clinical trials in this field? Uh, we're extending this concept in neurodegenerative diseases in general as part of the ACCORD collaboration. The details are on the MRC Clinical Trials Unit website. So we have up and running um, a trial in motor neurone disease um, called MND-SMART. Um, the centre is Edinburgh, but in many centres around the UK, so that's a MAMS trial. We have the OCTOPUS trial that we've described, and we're putting together um, our thoughts and planning of a trial in Parkinson's disease, um, and we would like to move on to some aspect of dementia, perhaps the symptomatic part of dementia. So as maybe the audience can hear, these are difficult nuts to crack, but where progress needs to be made in these neurodegenerative diseases. So um, we have those four possibilities that we'll be taking forward. The Accord collaboration was established in 2021 by the MRCCTU at UCL, the Queen Square Institute of Neurology at UCL and the University of Edinburgh, with experts in neurodegenerative diseases and trial methodologists. The group works to identify challenges and opportunities to run multi-arm multi-stage trials in a wide range of diseases that affect the nervous system. The MRCCTU at UCL launched the first of these trials, Octopus, which we have extensively discussed in this episode. Looking into the future, we asked Jeremy what he hopes Octopus will achieve in 20 years' time. So I really hope we have identified treatments or treatment treatments in the plural that have an effect, that are proven to have an effect on progressive multiple sclerosis that are now standard of care. That that has to be it. Whether it comes soon or whether it comes late, I don't know. But doing this sort of work almost guarantees that it will come because of the collaboration and taking the best people, the best science and the people with progressive MS that rightly demand solutions um, to the to the you know to the suffering they have on a day-to-day basis. So this I think is a really great example of how everyone from their different areas comes together, clinicians, university, charity, people with MS, trials units, to apply their best efforts to tackling this problem. And with this note of hope, we finish today's episode. Thank you for listening. This was part two of our series on our octopus clinical trial. There are two more parts. In part three, we will explore the journey that patients will go through by taking part in Octopus. And in part four, we will look at how patient representatives shape the trial from the start. If you'd like to learn more about Octopus, there's lots of information on our MRCCTU website, the Octopus website, ms-octopus.mrccctu.ucl.ac.uk, the UK MS Society website, and the UK MS Register website. There's also a series of papers that the Octopus team recently published in the Multiple Sclerosis Journal. They are looking at several aspects of clinical trials in multiple sclerosis, including the multi-arm multi-stage design, 
patient involvement and ways to improve diversity and inclusion in trials in MS.